welcome back to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute. And we're Shanti and Lynx from Muses. Hello. Hey, glad to have you both back after this this past week, where and we, we talked about some great things, some fun things there going on in the hotel room, but we're going to get a little more serious, I think, <laughs> coming up this minute and next. Oh, and, and even actually the, the final one. The final one might, might, might in a sense be the most serious. Well, it's but, a good uh, thing you oh, have us here for that. Yeah, because yeah, you two aren't, aren't jokesters of any sort, are you? We, I mean, besides Pamela DeBar herself, yeah. we, are, we feel like we are the authority on the groupie lifestyle. Um, it's who we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you so, both so much for returning. And this is Minute 91. And it starts with William helping Penny get up and ends with Penny asking about love. It starts with my most favorite and, sorry, my favorite and most quoted, personally most quoted line of the movie. Especially if I was, say, at a party and it was time for me to go home and somebody's like, oh, why are you leaving so early? And it's because I'm tired. You know, you know, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm retired, tired. I have heard the actual drunken Shanti yeah. quote before, and she's always dead on with it. Yeah, I mean, give me a couple more uh, beers, and you know, you know, I'm tired. And I'm retired, tired. I do like that she's wow. drinking champagne with it. With her quaaludes, right? She's classy about yeah, it. Keeping classy. You saying I'm not classy? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, nothing was mentioned about you, Shanti, doing <laughs> ludes or quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing that uh, little imitation as well. I, I, Shanti's yeah, go-to drink to is a Bud Light, so <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> it's, it's hard to imagine with, with the quaaludes that uh, you you be able to to get to to still do the the imitation impersonation <laughs> very true yeah. yeah so she's tired she's retired and i just love that play on words i love that it's something that she says that she is but she's yeah. not and then she is and yeah yeah how many times has she had that conversation before how many times has she said i'm retired mm-hmm but you're never retired, right, Shanti? Never, never. You always have a groupie heart, and it, it doesn't matter. You know, you can go to a show in your 80s, and if you see your, you know, as Pamela DeBar calls it, your fave rave, you're always going to uh, be transported back to that, you know, 16-year-old girl who's head over heels. And, yeah, it's interesting to be, you know, tired or retired because if we go back to, you know, the groupies of the 60s and 70s, there became a time where there was a new wave of groupies that came in and all of a sudden the 20-year-old groupies were the old groupies. And <laughs> you have to kind of go back into some deeper, I guess, uh, groupie history. But, to yeah, to know about the little bit of the, I don't want to say feud because all of the girls are friends now, but... When you're that young and yeah, just getting out into the you don't know yet that woman power comes from being all together. Right? Yeah, mm. um, yeah. So and 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 you know, William is responding with "You got to get up, Penny. Penny, get up, get up." You know, and he's and he's lifting her up at this point, 
and you know it's very awkward you know he's trying to be you know not too touchy-feely and so forth it's just get her out and you know, he has he even has a, a couple points you know his hands are definitely they're under her armpits but you know his arms and his but his hands are trying to stay away from <laughs> being too touchy yep but that's going to change next minute <laughs> to a whole, whole other <laughs> weirdness. Um, but uh, yeah, and then then we even have this uh, this over what what her her, her saying the what you know the retired tired what have you um, with the song coming in um, originally by Chicago and I think this is a you know this, this, you know I mean the, the guy's voice is when, when he ends up singing this is seems pretty spot on but it is um, the, yeah the band chicago their song color my world i've loved it since i was like 13 or 14 and i, I was discovering my dad's record collection <laughs> you know and that was definitely a standout you know it was, you know not not i mean while, while they had these other great rockin songs like 25 or 64 it's you know this one really stood out as you know a, a simpler you know mostly piano and that flute solo uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Gotta love a flute solo and a rock song. <laughs> yeah, and it's only one verse, which also makes it really yeah, interesting right. as a song. I mean, but, um, but but they are very much a horn band, so it certainly makes plenty of sense. They'd have some other kind of uh, non-percussive string. <laughs> it's interesting choice of song for that moment because yeah. it's actually playing at the graduation. Right that he's supposed to be at. But I feel like the lyrics and of course the mood of the song is reflecting him and Penny much more than a graduation. One interesting thing that I have experienced is working graduations. (laughs) I work at a music venue and every year we have for a whole week, we do two graduations a day. Wow. It's hell on earth really um but i always find this scene funny because it reminds me of working these graduations and one thing i can tell you is that the bands that they choose to play these grads are actually playing the weirdest songs that you would never (laughs) think um i have heard this one band at this grad play afternoon delight <laughs> i'm not even kidding uh adele's hello yeah. um rehab by amy winehouse <laughs> tiny dancer always bringing yeah. it back to almost famous but yeah they just and the audience always looks really kind of stunned and like not really knowing what to do but the band is so into it it's like they're playing mm-hmm. the biggest music venue and uh yeah this this scene always makes me chuckle because it's so not fitting but also so fitting to apparently reality yeah wow mm. Mm. um and we we do first hear between the two of them um there's this mrs deegan and then there's the principal um you know she she's saying uh, one of the other graduates names jane abbott but so she's in the the same character and and this also actor is in the uh the longest uh deleted scene the the one that's not even on the untitled um actual run of the film um but it is in a extra deleted scene the the stairway scene um which is certainly nice. available on youtube with 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 the music <laughs> um because that's 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 a big thing is, is on on the blu-ray at least that i have uh 
uh, with the extra extra of the uh, stairway scene. Um, uh, you know, it, it says, "Hey, you know, start start playing the song here." <laughs> you know, because they they couldn't get the rights for that either, of course. Um, but um, so Mrs. Deegan is played by Cameron's mother. I love that. Yeah. So cool, uh, Alice. Oh, I did not know that. I love yeah. that she made it in there. Yeah, because I, I I definitely knew it was her in the in the deleted scene, <laughs> but yeah. then but then so when 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 it came time to this, I'm like, I'm because I just watched it a day or two before. I, I I just happened to be watching it that that deleted scene, and then I was watching this minute preparing. Wait a second. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's the same same character. Thus, they're also the same actress, but really not even an actress, you know. So she was in two scenes, is what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, essentially well, it boils okay. down to, but. For the theatrical cut, of course, just the... Okay. Yeah. I was an extra in a TV yeah. show once. Cool. Um, it was a recent TV show called Mrs. America. Hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's on FX. Um, but when I was an extra, they had me in two different scenes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in one scene, I was in two different places. Yeah. So <laughs> if I look back at the one scene... I'm both on the dance floor and sitting at the bar <laughs> yeah. in the same scene. And I can spot myself because I'm looking for myself. But when they had made that, like, okay, now everybody in the dance floor, w- come over here to the bar. I was like, but I'm definitely going to make myself seen. So they're going to be seeing me in both. And like, oh, but that's kind of a shitty thing to do, you know? Like, <laughs> Well, speaking well- of extras, I know that... Cameron Crowe has talked about this scene before and how annoyed he is with it because of the extra behind Francis McDormand. Right. Yep. <laughs> I love the one that yells, yeah, Raymond. <laughs> no, no, there's a woman behind her that as I think Cameron Crowe puts it yeah. is trying to outact Francis. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, you can tell this, like she's just an extra, but she's like committed to that part. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> She definitely stands out a lot. She, she, I, I think part of it might be, be. I mean, I mean, I mean, some people, you know, just smile a fair amount in general, but she is just smiling nearly the whole time, all the way throughout. You know, <laughs> yeah, and but, like nodding her head and like yeah, clapping yeah. for everyone. That like... Nod to the head. I just caught there, right when you're saying <laughs> it. Uh. Yeah, she's something it's hard else. being an extra. You know, <laughs> you can't compare to Frances McDormand. If she's in the scene, you just gotta. You sit there and quietly clap, you know? Yeah. Not a little tr- less. It's true. Speaking of Francis, Eric, have you ever seen the 2002 movie Laurel Canyon? Yes. Yeah. So That's... what a shift in characters from <laughs> from this, you know, the and I mean, she's a mother in Laurel Canyon, too. But then you put her in Laurel Canyon, yeah, a, she's, a yeah. movie about music and she does a total turnaround. She's the music producer. She's smoking weed. She's the one embarrassing her, or her, yeah, her kid. She, her <laughs> child is her kid is embarrassed of her for a fully different reason. Yeah, yeah. that's a good that's point. A yeah, point I, I'd too. forgotten about that uh, movie for a little. That's while I've been doing this show. But yeah, yeah, she's like ripping bongs in that movie. Yeah. There's pictures of her up on the walls of. You know, her and Joni Mitchell and uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers or something. And yeah, Christian Bale and Kate Beckinsale are in it. And they're just like, oh, my mom is so embarrassing. (laughs) 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Rolling down Highway 41. I also read that for this scene, another cameo is Crow's high school journalism teacher. Yeah who he threw in some point. I'm not sure which person he is in that scene, but I thought it was pretty cool that he uh, brought in his journalism teacher. I never really had a teacher that affected me enough to that I would ever keep in contact with them, but I really like hearing about people like that. And Shanti actually used to be a teacher, and I know she was one of those teachers. I thought that was cool. Got that right. Um, so I was mentioning the other character here, the principal. So we don't actually have a name for him. And that actually coincides very well with two others out of the four. I don't know if you know that like the top four for IMDb, what people are known for. <laughs> so mm-hmm. almost famous, this that is the number one in the number one spot, at least going from left to, left to right. Uh, the second movie is No Way Out. Wonderful movie. Kevin Costner back in 87. Um, he, and he's just known as technician there. <laughs> and then the third one is Splash, which hopefully ah. later this summer you should hear me talk about um, oh, on cool. on, a, on another uh, uh, normally movie by minute uh, uh, podcast host person. But he's doing T. Hanks for the memories. So I give a little nice. shout, out, shout out for that. Going through all of Tom Hanks movie catalog, essentially. That's a great one. Awesome. I wanted to be a mermaid growing up, so... Love that film. And that is the one episode out of a few or several even <laughs> that I signed up for that uh, we have recorded. Great. Cool. For Splash. Um, we'll Splash, and he, for, so for, for Splash, he's just uh, Michelson's partner. <laughs> so <laughs> someone else's name. <laughs> Another okay. character's name. Whoever that is. I don't even remember. I don't even know if uh, that could be the Eugene Levy character. Maybe. Or maybe it's maybe it's the people above him. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, so, yeah. So. You know, other than that, I mean, gosh, yeah, he's been in plenty of plenty of TV stuff. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, and I don't have too much. I mean, yeah, going way back I, to those eighties. But I was curious while watching this scene if Cameron Crowe actually did miss his graduation, yeah. and I uh-huh. found out that he didn't. Mm-hmm. What happened was that he actually graduated from his high school, which was the University of San Diego High School. Yeah, right. At- at 15 in 1972, and in the movie, William Miller's graduation is 73, I right. believe. Mm-hmm. And he only met Ben Fong Torres after that wow. on a trip to yeah. Los Angeles when he was 16. And when he was 16, that's when he went on the road with the Allman Brothers for three weeks. Mm-hmm. So he just mm-hmm. kind of melded these two things together for the film oh, yeah. for dramatic effect. But yeah. in case anyone's curious, Kevin's actual high school graduation experience. And some might say that William Miller does have a graduation of sorts in this scene, too. 
right? Like he's not getting, um, you know, a cap and gown and like a now, like here's your diploma, you're moving mm-hmm. on. But he's certainly like learned his lessons at, from the road at this point. He's seen who all of the characters really are. He's seen the bands and the band and how they treated Penny. And he's now in his own like graduation from this assignment too. Good point. Cameron Crowe's just a genius. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing I did wonder about when, uh, you know, Frances McDormand's character was sitting there and seemed like surprised that William didn't show up. Did she not know that he wasn't going to make it or he kept telling her he'd make it or she just kind of held out hope or deep down she knew? He'd he'd make a grand entrance. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Maybe that's what she was hoping for. But that yeah, didn't happen. She, she just wanted to live the moment, and unfortunately, William was off living a more exciting moment. I'm... But you know, you know, so I mean, if he were to have shown up, you know, crazily at the la- very last second or minute or second, what have you, that I mean, would he have? But would he have been wearing what he, we see him wearing roughly <laughs> in the scene? I mean, you know, he wouldn't have, you know, been in his uh, no, probably sure. wouldn't have had time to 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 change into the traditional cap and gown. Um, yeah, and then, like like I, I was mentioning with the with the song, I mean the lyrics do start here after a little while of of, of it you know being, you know, the the intro part, um, you know, and, you know as time goes on, um, and right in there I'm pretty sure that if I if I did time it out right um, in my little notes, um, you know the very next thing we hear after after that first first line is William, you know, getting Penny to do her 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 uh back back when not 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 the first times that we saw her but when she made a grand entrance of her own um you know the he, william says seats and tray tables and that that gets mm-hmm. her to go <laughs> seat back into, and yep. tray tables yeah. locked yeah because she knows that by heart that's her yeah. shtick that's yeah so like one thing that is like he state, knows He's smart enough to keep her talking, something yeah, that she talking. can recite, something easy to her, something mm-hmm. comforting to her. Yeah. And then after that, she asks the question, why doesn't he love me? Yeah. And he is Russell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, to be clear, I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, 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 you know, it is this kind of crazy weird three-way because you know penny or, uh, william has you know while he's certainly uh had this affection for penny he's actually also has his this this uh hopefully hopefully a career you know what I mean, what well, we certainly know from cameron it became a career <laughs> um wasn't just a little dalliance or anything but um you know he he's you know as, as far as a triangle goes you know usually it's just <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't quite happen in the non-sexual way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's the, this very professional way that he's also, William is also kind of going after Russell throughout so much of the movie yeah. and trying to yeah. get, trying to. And William doesn't answer this question. Yeah. She asks him that and maybe it was rhetorical. And I like that there's just a pause and then our minute ends. But one thing that you know, I'm sure has been mentioned a lot is, you know, the inspiration for the Penny Lane character and how she's kind of a combination 
of, you know, the Penny and B.B. Uh, Buell and Pamela DeBar, right? Yeah, yeah. The uh, Penny Trumbull is last yep. name. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, those three. And I mean, and then there's definitely, uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Christian was on and he, he was he was extremely a huge proponent that uh, that at least from um, uh, Kate Hudson's point of view, <laughs> she was very much going after um, uh, Pamela, Miss Pamela. Yeah, yeah exactly. With yeah. This, so book especially. Yeah. 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 And Kate herself had yeah. told Pamela because Pamela was invited yeah. to um, the premiere. premiere that she had that she read her book. I'm with the van confessions of a groupie ahead of time. And then she had pictures of Pamela up in her dressing room. And actually, Lynx and I met at Pamela's writing workshop in oh. Toronto. So it was Pamela who brought us oh. together because. Um, yeah, and it was uh, we brought Pamela to Pantheon because we were like, <laughs> she needs a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so she has to get her stories out there. And we're so glad that she that she is doing that because she's the original. She really is. She taught us everything we know. And we asked her blessing to yeah. before we started our podcast. Hey, do you mind if we start a podcast about groupies and muses? And we ask them to tell their stories on this new platform. And she was like, yeah, of course you can. So when asked about this scene in particular, you know, Pamela likes the movie fine. Almost Famous made it harder for her to sell her own story because uh, they're always they're always like, it's been done. It's been done. And Pamela kind of called Cameron on that and said, I, you know, I should have been consulted on this. And he kind of apologized because the first time Cameron met Pamela, I think she was hanging out with Led Zeppelin. Yeah. So. Pamela does have a problem with this scene because she thinks and she believes that no self-respecting, she says, no actual music-loving goddess groupie would do such a thing. Uh And the person, a person interviewed her for a Vulture article and the author said, so much for being a quote-unquote band-aid for the quote-unquote music. Rather, when rejected by a shitty man, the movie's heroine nearly ends her life because she doesn't see a path forward without his love. And then Pamela called it horribly misogynistic, um, sorry, a horribly misogynistic look at what a groupie muse is. And she said, that made me angry. None of them would have done that, basically. There was always someone else coming to town that really turned me off. Mm. Yeah. And of the actual, I mean, going back to, you know, one of the the minutes a long time ago when they say we're not groupies, we're band-aids mm-hmm. about that line, Pamela yelled, what a pussy line. Oh. <laughs> and then she says, and pussy in a bad way. Yeah. I hate that the word is used in a negative way. But anyway, Penny yeah, Lane right. was not owning herself, not owning groupiedom and what it actually means. But we've actually also taken issue with uh, Cameron Crowe's depictions of groupies in his show Roadies. Okay. So while he did a lot for the groupie, of course, with this movie, he also did not present them in the best lights, both in this movie and, of course, in that show Roadies. Right, Lynx? In Roadies, it wasn't just the groupies, like definitely the groupies, but it was just also... Every woman in that, I don't think he represented. Surprising to me. But, yeah. It would have been interesting to have Pamela and even, like, BB and other people consult maybe a little bit more on the female character. Now, now with that show, it did just do one season. Yeah. It was cancelled, essentially. I mean, it wasn't his decision, was it? Um, Cameron's. 
Cameron's Crow to just just to have it end after one because I've even I only think I ever watched the first episode and I, I really should go back and watch. Yeah, I think it was it. canceled. But um, so I mean, I, I guess one. I guess my question would be: I wonder if, and I mean, it'd be too bad if he didn't, if he just hadn't done it this way to start with. That have okay, if just in case I only get this one season to at least kind of have some kind of like maybe like a character arc essentially or or more multiple characters whatever um arcs arcs to them that that would make make the women in it and make the groupies in it too yeah Mm, that's actually interesting too because it makes me think about um scorsese's tv show it was called vinyl i think yeah right and i had the same issue with that where like the women just weren't portrayed well and it was interesting enough where I was like, maybe I'll watch a second season, but like I was really hoping that the second season create these ca- female characters like with more personality and backstory and everything. Because mm-hmm. yeah, um, none of these guys have really done it right, and that's why we need someone like Pamela to write her script. Yeah. And- Mm. Um, you know, present a, a true female side of the story because, of course, like always, it's been men all this sort of telling the story for us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hopefully, yeah, that, Pamela is able to do that, that sometime. That actually brings up something I wanted to. I want. I, I I tried to. I think I, I think I did an okay job, but still not as not as much as I would have liked. But but to have more women, you know, to be my guests and co-hosts sometimes too. You know, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it's something I kind of wondered about, you know, and and tried to try to do a decent job with. Uh, it's good to be thinking about on. it now, yeah. you know. Other yeah. people don't at all, or you know, are yeah, just beginning right. to, and that's a positive thing. We're mindful of that. Now. Yeah, and we like to collaborate with other women, especially doing music podcasts themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's both the reason why we started the podcast is because we love the other side of the story a lot of these women kept journals really detailed vivid journals as it happened and then they made them into memoirs and a lot of them got villainized for it uh you know because of sex shaming slut shaming you know misogyny all that kind of stuff but i think now there's like a resurgence too in really appreciating these stories for what they are and seeing how it was all a part of like a sexual revolution Mm -hmm. and how they were really feminists and you know created a path for many women so we're just we love being a part of getting those stories to more ears um, the probably one of the last things I would want to point out uh, is, is actually the continuation of the, of the lyrics. You know, it was uh, for the song "Color My World." Um, so I, you know, that, that came in in between all these other lines. You know, of of the dialogue. Um, I realize just what you mean to me, and now, now that you're near. So I mean, I, you know, I, I guess my biggest reason to bring that up is just, you know, I mean, especially that the, the now you're near, <laughs> now that you're yeah. near is, I mean, it's. You know, because, I mean, they are in this extremely close contact with each other. Um, you know, again, it's 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 great, you know, usage of lyrics, um, but also it's 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 a, such a wonderful song, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And, and nice little slow dance that they have. Go. And I like that he just delicately takes his fingers and presses them on her forehead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. amazing callback to exactly yeah the, the oh, second time yeah. they met a hundred percent um any other notes on this minute 
Yeah, me too. If you're okay with it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So, links, as I mentioned uh, last week, uh, links. If you could rank the bands. All right. Um, do, you, do you need a little refresher? No, I'm good. No? I'm yeah. good. Cool. Um, I'm definitely. I'm sorry, it's so obvious, but <laughs> Zeppelin obviously is first for me. Um, I was worried that me and Shanti would pair up perfectly, but we didn't on this oh. one. I would yeah. say Zeppelin first for obvious reason. Then I really love Leonard Skinner. Ah. I wouldn't say I play them often, but I've definitely put them on more than the other three bands. I have like great memories, some great like personal memories with songs from there, from their catalog. So uh-huh. I'm going to go Skinner, then Almond Brothers. And then the Eagles. I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of the Eagles yeah. at all. So they're like a low, low four for me. But yeah. I really liked all the other three. And are, are you a big fan of uh, Big Lebowski? <laughs> I do love the Big yeah. Lebowski. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, planning on having a Seeger summer. Because I oh. haven't listened to, you know, a whole lot of Bob Seeger, but maybe I should have a Seeger Skinner summer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. All right. Cool. That's what I'll do. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thanks so much for giving us that uh, little thing. Um, so then um, uh, we'll, we'll ask Shanti about uh, your experience with the movie, your your history, when you if you if you did see it in the theater and, and, and how many <laughs> how many times possibly you've seen it over many years now. Probably. Yeah, right on. So it came out in 2000. So I was 12. I remember my mom and my older brother rented it and they watched it. And I, I remember being present, but not quite into it. Didn't hit me for another couple of years. I was a little bit older. I wasn't quite mature enough. And even if I watched it, it didn't hit me in the same way as it did a couple of years later. And then I loved it. I really loved it. And then when I got to university, I realized that, you know, I was hanging out with bands all the time. Um, I would be one of the first on the dance floor. I'd get everybody going. And then Pamela DeBar's book came to me. I'm with the band. And then everything kind of all made sense. And I realized like who I am and what I'm doing here and what my role in the music scene was and finally accepting it because I had a hard time accepting like, well, I'm not a musician. So what do I bring to this? And then for a little while there, was it maybe it was? Yeah. In, in a, a high school, I rewatched it quite a few times and then in university and I really loved it. And then I was even more excited to become friends with yeah. who I felt mm-hmm. was a real big inspiration for the movie because as you know, a groupie does, it's, you know, we just kind of want to be a part of it. Like we want to get in. It's not enough to almost be on the outside, just watching. You have to be close enough that you can touch it. So to be able to have gotten close enough that I can touch it made it all the more better. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. The, yeah, every every now and then I've had some guests, but I I I knew you were guests that uh, <laughs> would have seen it uh, quite a bit. Uh, but every every now and then, I was saying uh, every now and then I've had a guest that like essentially hasn't maybe hasn't seen any of it besides the minutes, <laughs> you know. But but maybe wow. just a couple times. 
I think it might have happened once or twice. No, but, I think uh, it's yeah. safe to say, like, we have it pretty memorized. I was yeah. going to say, if you want, we can recite it all for you. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask. Well, well, well you know, the, the, the way the, the movies by minutes kind of started is with uh, Star Wars Minute. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there is a guy out there, you know, not, not related to the movies by minutes, but related to Star Wars, who apparently does recite at least, like, the, I think the original trilogy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> word for word, all the way through it. He can't, he can't do that. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, that's if, if that's if that's like a going concern, you know, a, a thing that he like. I think he does. I think he does it for money. He does it on the stage, you know. Um, so maybe it's some maybe at some point a few a few years down the road, almost famous might be there. Maybe for its twenty fifth. I do want to see the musical. They made a musical of this, right? Well, yeah. So yeah, and I even had uh, the lead uh, actor playing William on. Um, Oh damn, that's so cool! Yeah, um, so hopefully, and, and it sounds like they are going to shoot for Broadway <laughs> when, it, uh. when, when, it, when it comes back. Because because at first it was just uh, the, the the one fall of uh, what twenty nineteen. Yeah, um, uh, there in San Diego at the Globe at the Globe. Apparently. Well, I love a reason to go to New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really hope. Yeah, and probably a good year or two away ish. I would bet, but uh, you know, yeah. And and un- unfortunately, I mean, I, gosh, I'd have to imagine maybe they'd they'd have switched at least at least for him. Unfortunately, he would probably be the possibly be the one character maybe that character actor that probably would too, change. Too old, yeah. Yeah, he's getting too old. Oh, but yeah. but he he learned the character so well. But maybe he maybe he'll he'll be lucky enough to have retained his <laughs> youthful <laughs> yeah. youthful appearance and stuff. Or maybe else. like a different role. Sure. Maybe he's one of the members of Stillwater. Yeah, Water. right. Yeah, that could. Um, so yeah, so uh, hopefully uh, that all works out. Um, but um, uh, we definitely want to hear from uh, you know, again, kind of either or both of you. Um, uh, a little more quickly, uh, uh, just uh, especially like say socials. What make make sure we understand. You know, get your socials. All your right. Yeah. Well, you can find us pretty much on any platform that you listen to your podcasts, and you just. Look up Muses and there will be. You can go to musespod.com. That's our website. We have some blog posts. We were talking earlier about women in podcasting. We've got some blogs up about our favorite women in music podcasters. We're on Instagram at Muses Podcast, on TikTok at Muses Pod. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Muses Podcast. You can find us all there. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I was going to mention uh, for this show, uh, the socials are uh, Facebook, uh, the page, it's just facebook.com slash almost famous minute. But then the uh, group that I love, you know, be able to talk, actually talk, uh, you know, uh, some of our listeners and so forth. Uh, hopefully every, everyone out there listening right now could join up uh, on our group called the Band-Aids Listeners Society. <laughs> so that fits right in with you, you two. Um and uh, you know, of course, there's Twitter and Instagram too, and both at Almost Famous Men. Um, so, and the one last thing I'd want to mention definitely is uh, Pantheon Podcast that we've already mentioned a little bit these past couple of minutes. I want to make sure people know at PantheonPodcast.com is the place where you can go and hear a ton of uh, music-related shows, podcasts there, uh, including this one and my other one, Feels Like Weezer. Um, so uh, I think that'll be it for today. Um, this well, was that's great 91. because yeah. I'm tired, and you know, <laughs> yeah. and you know that I'm retired. Wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that's yeah. You're, you're doing that wonderfully. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, we, we should be back um, next week with minute ninety-two. And until then, it's all happening. 
It's all, it's all happening. happening. I am a golden god! Yeah! 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 And I was born in the backseat of a greyhound bus Rolling down Highway 41 You know the queen of hearts is always your best bet It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.